All right, uh, welcome to the Air J the Great podcast show. Got uh, two special guests on the show today, um, Cortland Van and Isaac. How you doing? Pretty good. How you doing? Yeah, man. How you doing? Doing all right. So it's kind of a different episode from uh, what I'm accustomed accustomed to doing. Just kind of uh, think it'll uh, resonate with a lot of people. You know, with a charity uh, that. Uh, van and isaac has going on i think that's uh real beneficial to um not just people from our background but anybody that wants to uh join this uh and uh contribute to this good cause and uh concrete road so uh without further ado i want to um, let y'all have the floor and y'all just tell the people what concrete Rose is all about and um the mission the history things like that how you doing? I'm Cortland Van. I'm, uh, I'll be the representative for the state of Kentucky. I also, uh, work out of the state of Louisiana. Um, my biggest part of, or what I say, I take away from concrete roads is I like to give back to the community. Um, I like to see those, I like to see future generations be able to prosper from what we learn. I don't, I don't like to hold back knowledge. And that's what concrete roads is, man. It's a chance to give those, uh, younger generations a better chance than what was given to us um, in all aspects of life and all walks through you know education, financial, mental, all of it. There's a there's a lot of things I personally think as a society that we miss and we could do better on. And I joined Concrete Rolls and with the inspiration to help out and take care of some of those areas that we're slacking in. Um, Isaac is a good friend of mine. Uh, we served together in the United States Army. He told me about his charity and what he wanted to do. And, you know what I'm saying, I had to jump on board. I had to. I had to be a part of it. Um, Isaac is the background, the the mastermind, the head honcho. Um, this was his creation, his ideology. It was his idea. And, you know, um, I'm grateful he allowed me to be a part of that and give back and do something bigger than just myself. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, uh, so, uh, Isaac, you got the floor. Yeah, I don't even know how I'm supposed to follow up with that. Hey, uh, thank you, Corlin, for that. Yeah, so no we problem. started back in 2013, um, April 1st, actually. Um, so what I did was I had a vision that I wanted kids to have a better chance at life than I did. And it's not saying that my upbringing or anything was bad. It's the, it's the fact that me – running around with the wrong crowd and hanging with the wrong people caused me to miss a lot of my opportunities in life, right? Because your parents' teaching can only go so far. So I believe that the outside, your social environment is what caused a lot of people to actually stray away because no, not too many kids really want to listen to their parents, right? So growing up in school, I was actually a great athlete. Um, I played basketball, football, and I ran track. I was, I was really good at all of them, um, really good in school. But <clears throat> unfortunately, I, I kind of just strayed the path. So looking back at my life, I was thinking like, man, like what could I have done better to actually facilitate myself to actually go to college, to actually already pro play professional sports? And then I was thinking like, man, if I had this or this guidance and this mentorship, um, I think I would have came out a lot better or on a different path than I actually ended up. So I drew from a lot of my experiences, experiences like, uh, the teen club, 
Um, other people who have also mentored me throughout the years, and I kind of combined that under one umbrella, which became Concrete Rose, right? So I chose the name Concrete Rose. I'm a, um, back then, I was an avid Tupac fan. Um, I actually still am. Um, one of my favorite rappers because he spoke about things that's, that's like very prevalent to things I knew about, you know, things I saw every day, you know? So he, when he described what a Concrete Rose, what Concrete Rose was, I was thinking like, man, that is very deep, right? And just to give everybody a brief background, if you don't know, so the concrete rose is just represents a person growing up in a hard environment and through all eyes, they actually were able to survive. However, they may come out just a little slightly damaged, petals might be falling off, their branches, I mean, they, their stems might be broken a little bit. However, they survive. So now you have two how you look at that person. Either you can look at that person and say, man, I'm glad this person survived through this concrete, but this person ain't supposed to grow at all. Or you can say that flower is ugly. Look at look how broken it is. And look at his, his flowers and his petals are missing, right? We chose the uh, we chose the first, right? Because we, are, we understand that coming from a, a certain background doesn't allow you to have such a fortuitous uh, upbringing. So we want to nurture and help those grow. Hence the uh, logo on our, um, of our organization. You see a flower at the beginning, kind of slumped over and then you see this row lines and curves that spell cr and then at the end the flower you see it loses a lot of petals but at the end it actually grew a little bit more erect and it's looking a whole lot better it's flourishing and that's what we're actually after okay so um when when you first started this organization as far as security and things like that uh when uh, how how was uh, people embracing it when you know when people knew you was taking it serious and things like that? Oh, um, and I'm gonna speak on it, and then I'm gonna let probably let Cortland speak on his experience because uh, he was there almost at the very beginning. Um, I think I was only running for about a year or so before he jumped on. Right. So when I first mentioned, a lot of people was well receptive of it because they knew it's something that the community needed. Right. Because what you actually see a lot of times is people will graduate school. They will actually even sometimes get scholarships, get a degree as an accountant, but work at McDonald's. And then you start thinking how you have a four-year college degree and you're still working at McDonald's. Then you start talking to them then you realize it's things like, oh, jobs are no longer just looking for a degree anymore. They're looking for certifications. They're looking for people who have like, that's involved in the community. They're also looking for people who may be who doesn't have a criminal record, no matter how petty it is. So we don't we understand now that you mess up your life before your life even get a chance to get started. So what we did was, what I did was I told them the organization, told them about the program, something we offer, right? And a lot of people start looking and start thinking like, man, if that can come here, this would be a great organization. This would be a great thing to have. So then we start getting people um, throwing things at us, uh, you know, donations, um, uh, collaborations with different organizations, um, inviting us out to different cities and different states. Because even though we're only in a few states now, I have literally had proposals for different states to include Nevada, uh, Alabama, South Carolina. Um, it's a few more up there. But those are one I know of, one of the, some of the most recent. Because if you think about what the program offers, it offers literally, as the slogan says, a better way to a brighter future. 
we're taking the village and help raising the kid. So we apply that same mentality to allow that we're going to all be in this to make sure your kid gets from kindergarten through college, period. My man, did you want to say something? Yeah, man. Um, so my experience is in it. Um, the community has been very, very well receptive of it. Uh, very supportive of it once, like you said, once people get to hearing what we're doing, what we're offering, um, the community comes back tenfold, um, trying to be there because, I mean, ultimately it's a program that looks out for the community, you know? Um, and honestly, wholeheartedly, in my opinion, I think if we as a community and that be as diverse as it may be, if we can all take care of ourselves, then we'll be a lot better, uh, going forward wholeheartedly i mean don't nobody know what you need more than you you know right so that's what we're here for we can we can we can offer all kind of programs um and it's not just you know the younger youth once the organization once we uh in the past you know we've arrived to a state and we start doing our work um we've done things at the women's shelters the the homeless shelters uh you know, we've done giveaways, food drives. Um, if I'm not mistaken, in El Paso, we were able to get a women's salon to come out on Mother's Day to the women's homeless shelter and do all the mother's hair for uh, Mother's Day. Uh, we had toys and clothes that were donated for the children. So for the mothers and children at that uh, organization that day were served by their community through Concrete Rose, you know. If it was nothing more than just for that day that they get some attention, we also brought uh, the news team out to come and do some coverage to get some more eyes on them to help them get more of the help that they needed along the way as well. Correct. It's about the, the community as a whole. That's right. A big focus. Yeah, that's that's what's up, man. I know uh, I heard a lot of different, you know, charity organizations but this one's kind of unique as far as like you know the different um angles that y'all approaching you know um engaging with the uh community so as far as uh right now um uh, what's uh states are are y'all charity based in right now oh uh, so right now we're in texas louisiana georgia and north carolina mm-hmm. yeah. okay yeah um and then you know uh, we're bringing it to Kentucky. This, this right here, you know, and again, thank you for your time because this is our introduction coming into the state of Kentucky. Um, you know, we're, we're doing the, the background, taking care of the background paperwork to be able to work within the state. Um, me personally, since I'll be the head member here in the state, you know, I'm going to be reaching out to not only different organizations, um, and stores, local business owners around the community of Louisville, where I'm starting at, and then trying to branch out from there. But I'm also, you know, trying to get on the mayor's calendar. I'm trying to get on these different district representative uh, calendars, going and sit down and talking with, you know, the the ministers and pastors at churches, seeing what he sees in his congregation, what the community needs, see what we can help the church in out on. There's a lot of different ways, you know, we can get to success as a whole, um, it just literally, it requires the, the support of the community. Once the community steps in and say, hey, you know, I want to buy a piece of this, it's like snowball effect, man. It just rolls downhill. 
it takes care of itself. Um, and even then, more so, you know, the bigger it grows, um, you know, it, it starts to, again, feed into itself where it, it'll start creating jobs. Because then, uh, you know, at some point you'll need different personnel within Concrete Rose's organization to look over different regions, take care of different projects where, you know, someone who once was a part-time volunteer is now a full-time employee, you know? It, it, it'll be able to stem and work its way up that way. I, I'm telling you, man, the way, the, organ, the way that the charity unfolds and just kind of plants itself into the ground, like you said, it, it becomes that rose that grew out of the concrete. It is way too easy. Okay. So uh, what would you say if you had to uh, pinpoint one thing, what would you say really inspired this charity? So I would say if there's one thing that actually inspired the charity, just life, life events, my surroundings, right? So I said before, growing up, you know, I had a parent there and he was involved. However, he worked a lot. You know, we had um, a lot of kids and, well, he had a lot of kids, my fault. He had a lot of kids. And so he worked a lot to support him. However, you know, the streets, I'm right there. So it was nothing to, to be influenced by my outsiders, right? And when you have that type of surrounding around you, you're only going to do what you know. So instead of going to school, why not skip class to go make some money? You know, instead of instead of going to class and learning, why, you know, I'm sleeping because I've been up, you know, all night on the block. So <clears throat> a lot of the things I learned early on, I look back, I actually started this organization about, right? The next thing was just my external factors of my friends and, and peers around me. Courtland to tell you, some of the things I do are just particularly for my friends to help them out because I like to see all my friends at the baseline where I'm at. So, or, or, or somewhere somewhere near it. We all need to grow and develop together. So a lot of the things that, that was external was, well, again, I had a friend who, who had an accountant working at McDonald's as a cash register, I mean, as a cashier. And I don't I don't believe that that's what it for. But then you start talking to him, got petty theft on his record. And it's like, you couldn't get a job because you got some so it's like how do we mitigate this uh and things like that from happening where people are putting forth the effort they up but they put forth the effort later on to try to get that second chance in life so they do is go ahead and, and eliminate that that the uh the ability to actually get in trouble initially and then allow them to actually progress and grow and develop and ex um and uh introduce them to new things that they otherwise would to. So a lot of these external factors I had actually motivated to actually want to uh, start this work. Okay. So as far as um, the way the organization is set up, uh, do you guys have uh, um, just um, talk about the website, you know, uh, what's on the website and how people, if people want to donate to this cause, um, how can they go about donating to it? So, Fulwise is, is the websites. Um, I am bringing a Facebook page, or I'm creating a Facebook page for the state of Kentucky, as well as uh, Instagram. And, you know, later on down the road, once we start getting some events rolling and, you know, we start being able to show face in the community um, the way that we want to, I'll probably get us a TikTok going. Um, but Facebook is literally Concrete Rolls Kentucky. Um, hopefully, you know, by the time this come out, man, you know, we get it, we get it to where it needs to be with all the correct information on there. Um, 
the website, the phone number, the way you can donate, you know, put up some QR codes to make it very simple. They make it very media friendly. Um, that's what I'm trying to get at. And then we do have the other website is concreterollscholars.com yeah. or is dot org? Dot com. Dot com. Okay. Um, but on the website, um, you can go there and you can see, literally, you can read our mission. You can read what states and cities we're already working out of. You can go back and see the president, which is Isaac himself, the other board members that work out of the other states. You can go and read our bio stories of there uh, with a little background about each board member and why we chose to join um, and what we're trying to do for the community ultimately. And then, of course, you know, we got pictures of the work that we have done. Because, I mean, anybody can say, you know, hey, I went to this state, did this, that, and the third, whatever, whatever, you know, and, and post fake pictures. But, man, you can look at our pictures and tell the authenticity is it, there. The moments are there. If you could if you could capture just basic human decency in a picture, man, it's there. All of it. Okay. So as far as like, you know, um, um, when did this uh so you say you started this charity uh what year? Twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. So that's enough time to where you have seen um kids grow up in this program. So like kind of explain, you know, the growth of the kids that's been involved in this charity as far as like just seeing them go through the journey of what this charity is providing for them and how is it changing their lives. So um, that's actually a very good point, right? So as Cortland said, right, we do a lot of we do a lot of work with partner. We do a lot of partnership work with other organizations, right? So one of them was a a single mother kind of like home shelter um, type deal. Right. But it was our main focus and line of effort because the demographics and population of what we're actually targeting is there. You've got a parent that comes from bad back, you know, whatever for um, fortuitous um, at, with kids, right. Focus on the kids. So the things we have done for them, um, you know, the, the uh, donate them clothes, the, we actually go out, actually a mentor and teach them things. We actually help them with their schoolwork. And we actually did this for a number of years. Um, I want to say about four or five years in El Paso before we actually left there. But we still in El Paso. When I say left, most of the main people had left because of, you know, military destiny and such of that nature. However, throughout the process, there it was things that you could notice about them. Their grades improved. Their, their attitudes improved a lot of the mothers actually was able to get a job because they, they want to do better now. They want to do better. They can they see that that actually is envisioning. And they, some of them got job and actually moved into their own place, which was also the purpose of that program in itself was to try to help, like allow them to actually have a place to stay until they're able to find a job. But if they did find a job, it's okay. You still got a place to stay. But this allows people to motivate. We even tutored um, some mothers because some of them had dropped out early on and they never went back to school. So this was also a learning lesson for them. So they was able to grow to, together right? and motivated them. I was talking to, um, before I left, I was actually talking to, I think in 2017, 2018, I was talking to one of the ladies that was there and she was telling me, she actually went back to school to get her high school diploma, right? Because these are motivation. She wanted to do better for her kids and her kids growing up and she wanted to at least be able to help them with their work the same way we was helping them. 
So I would say a lot of the success hinges the things that people was able to progress, like change their mentality about school and change their their because yeah, you're living in this poor environment, but you don't have to actually accept that. This is just a, a blocking stepping stone. So we would go out there and actually give them like foods, provide, um, so they can live that normal life that they missing on. I understand that man. Once one day I can actually progress and get out of it. So you start seeing that attitude change in a lot of. You start seeing that feel to actually succeed comes into a lot of people, and then you start seeing parents start getting involved into that, and then their parents want to correct anything that they may have, they may be lacking, whether it's education or jobs better role model for their kids and things like that is what we have things like that and as well um if i'm not mistaken i think i left el paso uh, a year or two before isaac did um but I, I remember one of the most notable things for me was the volunteers that volunteered within our organization uh it changed them as well um and i'm talking about people who volunteered you know during the holiday just to give back just, you know, maybe they felt bad, maybe it was some tradition, something they always did, but it went from being just a holiday tradition with the volunteers to, hey, you know, whenever I get that free time, let me let me go over here and check on them, make sure they're good, you know, maybe take them out for some ice cream or, you know, whatever the case may be, or let me go check on this parent because I know, you know, she said Mondays are really hard for her because the bus schedule changes for whatever reason. You know what I mean? It made them want to go that extra mile in helping those other individuals out. And even some of them, even when they didn't have the time, they just donated. You know, if it was back to the shelter or back to whatever organization was helping whatever person, they they, they went the extra mile. And I've seen that for myself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's uh, with this whole organization, man, that's uh, powerful because, you know, uh, energy is real powerful when you throw that positive energy out there and it's uh, contagious, man, and uh, people starting wanting to do better. And that's powerful what uh, Isaac said as far as, you know, people that's, you know, full adults and been settled in their lives for years and then, you know, organization comes about and it has an impact on them and they makes them want to, you know, get uh get that drive and the ambition back to better themselves as a person, you know, that's you know, that's powerful. You can't put a price on that. You're right, though. That's facts. Yeah, man. Uh, it's 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 amazing when you just kind of take that step back and, and watch what small difference um you know, those of us who are more fortunate to go out of our way, whether it's you know you you got a degree in accounting and this person is trying to get to accounting, you know, go over there and give them some pointers, give them, you know, show them an easier way to get to this point or how you get to this, whatever solution. And it's, it's very powerful when you watch that, how little it is to give somebody something to help them along the way. Yeah. Absolutely, man. So what, what are your um, short and long-term goals as far as the organization? What do y'all want to accomplish here in the new future? Holistically or in general? Uh, just, just, just in general. Okay, so that's beautiful. That's a nice question. So, in the in the broad spectrum, right? I'm a do pretty high. But long run, what I actually come up with is I want to, I want concrete roads to ultimately replace 
all scholars, like not all, but be a be a replacement for a lot of scholarship programs or in itself a standalone program in itself, right? Because as I stated earlier, the the problem scholarship program is that you can get money for it, but it doesn't guarantee a job because of your, your past history, right? So if it if the the means don't meet the end, I don't want to waste taxpayers' money to actually allow people to get scholarships that won't be able to use it because of their past. So either we need to change that law or we need to do something better or we need to find a way to actually curve a lot of things before, right? So I believe people need to build their own scholarships. So in the end, I want to make sure this program is a, a standalone scholarship program in itself or it replaces the double state pro, uh, scholarship programs. Because when you have citizens and you have parents actually engaged in the community and school, extracurricular activity, learning things like job interviews uh, or like metalworking or how to write resumes or financial management classes, right? You produce a better citizen overall in, in a holistic sense. You also get that parent involved so they can actually work for and work to hear that child's uh, education. How bad do you want it? Let your child get straight A's. Let your child go volunteer picking up trash in this community. Help that child make that community a lot better. It's your community. You want to help, you want to help build it and make sure it stays safe and stay clean and be and be something that you're proud of, right? So in the long term, that's what my actual goal is, right? In the short term, we are to provide like the proven the proof the thing we done proved so far. We go out there and volunteer, we get, we uh we donate a lot of things, we actually genuinely care about people in the community to show them that there's a way out. You might be here now, but there's a way out. And then tell them our stories. Every, most of my people in my, my the organization came from less than the upbringing of a background. Like, you know, everybody has their own story. So we all come from different walks of life. However, you can go out there and tell that person that story. Oh, man, I'm from the hood and this, this, and that. I ain't never make, make it nowhere. Well, I'm the CEO and president of this organization. I'm from the hood, and I thought the same exact thing. So, you know, you can go tell them. They can, they can start relating to them. Let them know that are actually different about them. And you start getting that little, that little burst of motivation. And, and then watch how far that actually carries them. That's something that we can do in itself to, to build – uh, actual noticeable reputation to show that what we're doing here is working. Now let's increase it and actually move it to the next step, which would then lead into my long-term goal. Um, I would have to say my short-term goal is uh, personally, I would like to be statewide. It is a short-term goal for me. Sometime within the next five five years, I would like to be all across the, the state of Kentucky. Um, my long-term goal is, like Isaac said, man, I want to be nationwide. You know, it's, it's to me, is there's, there's, man, when you can help yourself, it's just different. It, sometimes it's hard to explain because of the feeling you get when you're able to, like, literally, like you said, you give somebody some tutoring assistance or, you know, I've seen kids that, you know, they cry because their mom is at work all the time. Their dad is at work all the time. They really want them to show up to, you know, one or two games or 
you know, their tutor that mom and dad hired don't really be explaining the homework in a manner where they can understand it, but mom and dad gets it. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's absolutely insane how much little it takes to get somebody to the next step, man. And that's all I want to do. I just want to help those that want the help. Yeah, man. And we have to get back to that, man, because, you know, uh, a lot of parents is faced with basic responsibilities of which, which is, you know, providing the income to take care of your family, providing shelter and things like that. And what comes with that is giving your time away, you know, to go make the money. So, you know, you're going to lose time from your kids and things like that. But, you know, with this organization, it goes back to how it was in the old days with our grandparents and stuff when it goes back to, you know, a village, taking a village to raise a kid, you know. Right. We put a lot of responsibility on the parents, and it is the parents' responsibility, but, you know, you got to have other people. You can't get there alone, you know. You can't. You yeah, know, I mean, you know, we're not trying to. My bad, I ain't trying to interrupt you, but you know, we we're not trying to tell parents how to how to, you know, raise their kids or, you know, hey, you ain't you ain't there enough. No, that's that's not what it's about. If we all come together, it makes it so much easier for us to be able to do the time or the part that we have to do. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, you go from full time to just playing your role. And, you know, when we're doing it together, everybody has a role to play. You play your role, it gets easy. It gets really easy, man. Um, you know. Like you said, our grandparents used to be there. Parents used to be old school, you know, sit down and do homework with you every night. But another part of it, like you said, they have to go to work to be able to provide. But with the organization, again, it just feeds back into itself. It helps because now that parent don't have to worry about, you know, those later years of school when the kid's like, all right, mom, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, you know what I'm saying? U of L. I'm looking at University of Kentucky. You know, and mom's got to worry about is he gonna get the scholarship? Is you know, do I gotta help him write this grant paper? Like, no, mom, you take care of what you've been taking care of. He's been doing his part. We got him. He's covered. It, it takes a, a lot more stress and a lot more weight off the parents' shoulders. Yep. And it breaks a lot of generational curses, man. Because you know, a lot of stuff Facts. now, man, is uh. You know, it ain't really nothing for kids to do anymore. Like, you know, it's so much idle time to where they can get into so much BS, you know. So it's like, so you have to keep them into positive things and keep them occupied as much as possible so they don't get into the, you know, the street stuff, you know what I'm saying, and get detoured, right. from, you know. But, you know, man, it, it, it right back at what you said, it takes that community, man. You know, like you said, back in the day, um, you know, our neighbors used to know all the kids running through the neighborhood. Doing something you ain't got no business, hey, you was about to take that whooping or you about to get one from your mama when she get off work. You know, either way, you're you going to get it. And that, that kept us in line, man. Honestly, it did. And I'm I'm happy somebody was there to do that for me because ain't no telling where I would be, you know what I'm saying, dead or in jail, just being honest. But, you know, it, it takes that type of community to, to help keep our community straight i mean we can't we can't give up on on each other and then expect everybody to just take care of themselves out here absolutely so uh so list some things y'all got coming up for the rest of the year and uh beginning uh 2023 man as far as the organization 
So um, in the organization itself, um, I don't think we have anything big planned. I think, um, um, no, I don't think we have anything big planned. No, my, oh. main, my main now is to stand up, help Portland stand up, uh, Rose, Kentucky. And then you're going to see a major push out there. Everything else is just pretty much going to be status quo, you know, business as usual with everything else. Um, I do know in the future, we do, we were planning on trying to like uh, doing some holiday celebrations because we understand that that's like a low point for a lot of people um, around on these holidays, but it's all about re rebuilding that to actually get to that point where we can. But definitely since we actually um, have a person that's going to be boots on ground uh, for the near future, the next push is literally Kentucky. And uh, that's pretty much all we're going to have this concrete roads right now um I'll, I'll break it down a little bit further because he's on a lot bigger <laughs> scale than me um you know he's looking over what all four or five states at the same time um me personally like he said is it's going to be definitely trying to get stood up but in the meantime um i guess in the the sense of a, a, a business conversation you know what I'm, saying? I'm trying to roll some elbows i'm i'm out talking to community leaders I'm out talking to business owners. Um, I'm trying to gain the support in the meantime while we're standing up at the same time. So I'll be doing a little bit of double work, but I mean, it'll be worth it. It'll pay off in the end, um, especially once we say, hey, you know, we're ready to take action. Um, then, you know, it, it's easy. It's just go from there. Okay. So it was all closing remarks, man. Any uh, last thing y'all want to say to the people, man, as far as the organization and stuff is concerned and let people know how they can find y'all on social media and how they can find the, uh, social, uh, the organization on social website, things like that. Uh, okay. Um, so again, for... Uh, media purposes. Right now, we do have Facebook. We will be standing up an Instagram um, and a TikTok. Uh, it's going to be Concrete Rolls Kentucky, um, as well as our actual website for the, the charity itself is ConcreteRollsScholars.com. Um, if you want to know more about what we're about in depth, you know, in deep, deep detail, you can contact us. You can contact me. Um, my name is Cortland Van on Facebook, K-O-R-T-L-O-N-V-A-N. Um, if you're a business owner or just somebody looking to volunteer, you need help, please be free. Feel free to reach out. You know, if you need the help, I'm not out here to put your business out. I ain't going to be like, oh, such, such need. No, man, we out here to help. Whatever it is that I can do for you, I'll try to help you out. The, the organization will try to help you out. And please. If you want to be a part of the organization, you want to help out, you want to donate, you want to collab, hit us up, man. We open to everything. Everybody hit me up. You know, I'm I'm here for the community. Show me y'all here for yourselves. And I think uh, <clears throat> from my perspective, you know, um, I like what Cortland said. Ultimately, if you want to be a part of the organization, contact us. Uh, you can contact me at Concrete Rose Scholarship at yahoo.com. That's the official uh, page for the organization. Reach out, come talk to us. We're always looking for new innovative ideas that actually better suit the community. 
So if you think you have something or, you know, Eric, Jack, I'm pretty sure you have listeners in more than just Kentucky. So if some of your listeners want to uh, want to bring the organization to their to their uh, their state or even further expand it into Kentucky, simply reach out, you know, send to myself or Cortland. Either way, we'll, we'll put you in contact and then we'll also try to facilitate and see what we can actually do with some type of collaboration. Okay. And uh, one last question before we get off here. Um, uh, for anybody that's uh, in the same position you was back in in 2013 when you first started a charity and they have starting a charity on their heart, it might be for a different reason or whatever the case was, uh, what are some advice you would give to somebody that's just now about to start a charity and they don't know the journey that's ahead of them, like, you know, from all your previous experience that you had when you started and some mistakes you probably made in the beginning or lessons you learned? Oh, that's a finding <laughs> in that role back there, Eric. So <laughs> when I first started, and I give, I give some, um, I guess, the simplest advice I can so it's not too convoluted, right? Um, some of the some of the biggest issues was actually just learning, right? The the what the ins and outs was, especially for five hundred one c three, you know, because there's things you have to do, paperwork you have to file, and then when you're trying to do it all alone, because people is not trying to give you information for free. Disclaimer: If you need help, countryroadscholarship.com, I mean at yahoo.com, and reach out. I try to answer the questions the best I can. I am not stingy with knowledge by no by no means at all. So. Um, <clears throat> that then it became um, being just too new on the scene, right? So I, I was overreaching, you know. I'm thinking in my head like, "Oh, you got this great product; it has to sell, right?" But you have to sell itself because people are not willing to even entertain you um, until they realize like the success that you're bringing behind it. So you know, eventually I end up got, getting city council members. Um, I actually got a congressional member and a few other people, some prominent people, you know that was buying the organization in itself, especially in Georgia. So, so that was the biggest thing, understanding your target audience and trying to work to build that reputation up from scratch, right? No matter what it is, you want to be able to have type of, uh, some type of history, you know, or some type of success at some level before most people can start uh, even dealing with you. Um, if you're a 501c3 or 501c, whatever your designation going to be after that, Start digging into those grants. There's plenty of money out there. However, um, learning how to write them uh, is a problem. I pay somebody um, a lot of money to actually thought that I was able to just look at it and, and then try to like figure out how grants are written. They're very specific um, to the actual thing. So learning learning like grants. And a lot of places give you grants. Um, Walmart typically have grants at a local level. Bank of America, like usually big organizations typically have small giving grants and things that they, they give back to the community they serve. So looking at that. But then there's also, you know, federals and state grants um, that you can also apply for as well. And also just going like um, it was a lot frustrating when <clears throat> some of the times that I couldn't. I couldn't get the the connections I needed or the funding secure that I needed. And it was harder um, at some point to actually operate because me being in the military and most of my staff was in the military. 
Um, we came from very diverse backgrounds, and it's like we're always here, there, overseas, and coming back. You deploy, you know, you know how it is in the military. So, um, very hard, and it's just it, it became like demotivating at one point. But then you start realizing what are you doing it for. So get back to why you're doing it, right? Get back to the why, why you're doing, it and understand that this is actually bigger than you. If you need to take a day or so off to take a step back and then reevaluate why you're doing it, by all means do that. Never let yourself burn out, but get back to the why, why you're doing it. And that passion of that why will actually always drive you to actually success. Okay. Yeah. Did you have something else uh, to say, man? Yeah. um, One last disclaimer, and I think it's probably the big one that we forgot to mention is that we're a nonprofit organization. Um, By what that means is, you know, donations that are made, if you donate 500, 5,000, 50,000 to the organization, it goes to the organization. Um, no one's getting paid, no type of profit to the organiz- to the people of the organization whatsoever. So this is literally just love. It's out of love for the community and love for the people. So well, other than that, I just, you know, I hope I can get some collaborations. Hope the community is willing to accept us and take us in with open arms. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I appreciate uh, both of y'all coming on the podcast, man. You know, uh, anytime y'all want to come on, uh, spread the word out about whatever you got going on, man. Feel free to uh, hit me up anytime. Hey, appreciate you for having us, man. Definitely appreciate you, Eric J. Definitely appreciate you. All right, man. So this wraps up the episode of the Eric J. The uh, great podcast. So I need everybody to go support Concrete Grows, what they got going on, and all the people that know me in uh, Kentucky. You know, be on the lookout for uh, Concrete Grows in the community. You know, um, you know, I've seen some people working out here in the community, but it's definitely a a a, a big need for that out here in Louisville. So. Uh, from what I've seen up close. So um, be on the lookout for what Concrete Rose got going on. It's a great organization, doing a lot of good things, and um, just very, very powerful movement. You know, it's kind of hard not to not to relate or to feel, you know, what they're putting out there. So, you know, and uh, I appreciate everyone that's been supporting the podcast and um, – be on the lookout for more content, and uh, y'all have a good night. All right, Eric J. I'll take it easy. Right.